0: It's been said if you're going to have a partner, it had better be someone you like, someone you want to spend time with, someone that you get along with, someone you have a shared interest and passion with. A partner is someone you can trust, someone you can depend on. George Phillips is a man in Meridian, Mississippi. And he was going to bed one night, and his wife said, Hey, George, it looks like you left the light on in the shed out back. They had a garden shed, and he kept all of his tools and his guy stuff in the shed. He went to the bathroom window, and he looked out there, and sure enough, the light was on. But he also thought he saw some some movement out there. So he called the police, and he said, Hey, I think I have someone in my shed stealing my stuff. And the dispatcher said, well, are they in your house? He said, no, they're in my shed, but they're stealing my stuff. And he was told just to lock up the house, and everybody was busy right then, but as soon as they had somebody they could send, they would send them over, but it may take a while. So George said he counted to 30 and he called back and said, hey, I'm just the guy who called you. Don't worry about sending anybody. I shot those two guys dead and I released my dogs and my dogs are eating them. Less than five minutes later, they had six squad cars. They had a SWAT team, a helicopter, two fire trucks and a paramedic and an ambulance show up at their house. The policeman in charge said, Hey George, I thought you said you'd shot them. And George said, I thought you said there was no one available. <laughs> I think if I was going to choose a partner for something, I might choose George. You know, for some reason in our culture, you don't hear a whole lot about partners anymore. I don't know if it's because of a lack of trust or if it's a lack of of, of coming together or a, a lack of being able to see things on the same page or if we just live in a day and age where we would rather handle things on our own. But back in the day when I was growing up, there were a lot of partners. See if you can help me out with this. There was Bonnie and Clyde, Starsky and Hutch, Bert and... Ernie, the Lone Ranger and Tonto, Batman and Robin, Abbott and Costello, Laverne and Shirley, Lenny and Squiggy, the Captain Kangaroo and Mr. Green Jeans, there was Jerry and excuse me, Jerry and Debbie I just threw that in there to see if you guys were really really listening. Debbie is Debbie is my lifetime partner. And we made a decision years and years ago to do life together. And probably the most important partner you're ever going to choose is your partnership with God. Your second most important partner that you will choose is your partner with whom you marry. And then life will go on. I want to talk to you today about making God your partner. The most important partner you'll ever connect with. And I think this partnership is intended to last a lifetime. And you know, it's the kind of thing that we don't think about much, but it takes a lot of energy to develop a partnership. There was a little... Monk by the name of Nicholas Herman. A little more than 300 years ago, he entered a monastery in France and he spent his entire life, the remaining parts of his life, in that monastery. In fact, he became a cook at that French monastery. So I guess, are you ready for this? He was a French friar. Anyhow, what brought him to, to claim some fame was a book that he wrote entitled Practicing the Presence of God. And that little book that was written years and years ago has influenced many a Christian in their ability to claim God as their partner 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Because God, if we claim him as our partner, will change your life forever. So if you have your Bibles with you, Psalms chapter 127. It took David 127 chapters to figure this out. But here's what he says in Psalms 127, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders they labor, they work in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Sons are a heritage from the Lord, children are a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver, whose holder is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. Let me unpack this for you as quickly and as clearly as possible, as simply as possible Today, Because it talks to us about, he talks to us about the ability to make God a connection in your life. And a connection, a partner, if you will, that will last a lifetime and change your life forever. And the first thing I point my finger to is that God wants to be in charge of your responsibilities. Anybody here have responsibilities? Evidently, I have responsibilities I'm not even aware of. As we were driving to church today... Debbie asked me if my seatbelt was wrinkling my shirt. I didn't know I was responsible for that. I said, "Gee, I don't know," and you know what? Don't really care. You ever get a look from your wife? You know you're in trouble. So I drove the rest of the way like this. You know, <laughs> holding my responsibility out away from my shirt because I did not want to look mussy up here in front of. God and everyone, most all of us have responsibilities. He says in verse one, "Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen in guard they guard in vain." The writer is saying, "Whatever you do, God wants to be involved in it. So if you build a house, yeah, God wants to be part of that build. If you..." Watch a city, God wants to help guard that city. He wants to be a part of the watch. If you have a business to run, God wants to help run that business. If you have a family to take care of, he wants to be the Lord of your home. I mean, all these things begin to show themselves as we understand the text. And whatever we do, evidently the writer says God wants to be involved with it. And I know some may think, so so you're you're saying that that God is really concerned about me making this sale? God really cares about whether or not I meet this deadline or God really is concerned about if I make good grades at school. God really cares if, if my home is a happy place. And the answer is yes, 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 and yes. He wants to be so connected to you, so intimately involved that you begin to do things his way. And it has to do with your responsibilities and allowing God to connect with those responsibilities. When we take God out of the picture, usually things get a lot worse. So we are conditioned, hopefully, as Christians to say, God, today I want to give you control of my business. I want to do things in a way that will please you, that will honor you, that will ethically support your cause, so help me down this path. That means we say things like, God, I want to give you control of my marriage today. My home's not a happy place. I want it to be a happy place. And I know the only way it can be happy is if you are where you ought to be. I want to be the king of my castle. Well, that means I need to treat my wife like a queen. I want to be the one calling the shots. Well, that's not what pleases me. I want to be there for my kids. Well, the only way that can happen is that relationship is connected to Christ. Then things begin to show themselves. God, I want to give you control of my future. Use me as an effective tool for the kingdom. When was the last time you dedicated your comings and goings to God? When was the last time you dedicated your family to God? When was the last time you prayed that God might bless your marriage, have... Help you handle your kids. When was the last time you prayed those kind of prayers to God? I'm turning them over to you. I can't do it by myself. I need some help. Herman Cain took over as CEO of, remember Godfather's Pizza? Doesn't exist in Evansville anymore, but it's out there. He turned it around financially, and he said... The secret to my success is my faith in Christ Jesus. And I give God Almighty all the glory. It's no secret. I have to give God the glory in everything I do, in every success I have ever achieved. And I wonder when was the last time we gave God glory for any success that we had. Maybe you're better at it than others. Maybe that's something that you do on a constant and a consistent basis. But if I had the bet to ranch today, I would bet few people pray that they might be a more effective tool for the kingdom. I would be ready to wager that few people pray that God might help them with things that connect them to their family, to their business. And David began to understand this. So giving God the responsibility for your life, that's where it kind of begins, but also it doesn't relieve you of your responsibility. You see, in our culture nowadays, no one tends to want to take responsibility. Even though God is in charge, the builders are still building. Even though God is in charge, the watchmen are still watching. But that's not the way our culture teaches Back in my day, when I got in trouble at school, I got in trouble at home too. I mean, that's the way it worked. That's not the way it works nowadays. If your child gets in trouble at school, you usually get the whole clan together and you go see that teacher, don't you? Because that teacher doesn't know what they're doing. You have a bright child. And these grades don't reflect his or her brightness so it's the teacher's fault because it's not our fault. We have no responsibility there. These things just crack me up. Kathleen Robertson of Austin, Texas was awarded over $700,000 by the court system after breaking her ankle, tripping over a toddler that was running crazy throughout the store. The kicker was, it was her child. So her kid was running nuts. She trips over her own child. She is awarded over $700,000. No one wants to take responsibility anymore. Terrence Dixon of Bristol, Pennsylvania, he was leaving a house through the garage after robbing the house. He locked the door behind him He couldn't get the garage door open because the automatic opener was not working. So he spent the next eight days in the garage. He existed, he says, on a case of Pepsi and a bag of dog food that he found. He was there until the family got home from vacation. Here's the kicker. He was awarded a half million dollars by the courts because of his physical and emotional hardship. No one wants to take responsibility anymore. I mean, there are others on here. One lady, she was climbing out of a bathroom window at a nightclub, and she slipped and damaged her teeth, and she was awarded... $12,000 for going out or trying to go out a window that had no steps up to it. Whose fault was that? You know, people just don't have a tendency to want to take responsibility anymore. So if, if, if you pray to God to help him with your work situation, let me encourage you to keep working. If you want good grades, let me encourage you to study. Don't just walk in and say, okay, God, we got this, help me get these answers. God wants you to keep doing because he will help you in the doing, but you need to do your part. That's the way it has a tendency to work. We live in a day and age when no one wants to take responsibility. Have you seen the bumper sticker that says, God is my, what? Co-pilot. You know what bugs me about that? I had, a, I had an airplane pilot for service, and I asked him point blank, who's the most important person in the plane, the pilot or the co-pilot? And he said without hesitation, it's the pilot. So we have no problem saying, hey, God's my co-pilot, so he's the most important part of their relationship? I mean, seriously? Don't you think if God is the creator of all things and if he is the God of the universe, maybe he ought to be the pilot and maybe you ought to be the co-pilot. I mean, that's not the way we're taught. We are taught that we are number one and our attitude should not be, God, this is what I'm doing, so please bless it. Instead, it should be something like, God, show me what you want me to do, how you want me to do it, so that I can do things that will bring honor and glory to you and to your kingdom. Do you see the difference? We want God to follow us. The Bible teaches that we ought to follow him. And he ought to lead us down the path that we ought to go. The third thing to notice is that God, giving God responsibility is the key to finding peace. Verse 2 says, In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. You know, a lot of times when we are conditioned to uh, take our responsibility for these own things, that means that we get up early, we go to bed late, we work hard, we do this, and there's nothing wrong with that unless it causes us to worry. You see, the Bible says we should not what? Worry. So if God says we should not worry and we worry, what is that called? My microphone not working this morning. It's called What? Anybody here worry? I mean, we're good at it, aren't we? The Bible says don't do it. That's, that's sin. We need to take responsibility for our sin. How many people here today are sinners? Whose fault is it? It's our fault, right? If you sin, it's your fault. It's not your mama's fault, not your dad's fault. It's not the system. It's you. You should take responsibility for your sin. Are we good at doing that? I mean, we all know how to live, don't we? We know what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. We make good choices, we make bad choices. When we make bad choices, we sin. We even struggle with the whole worry thing because we worry. And we need to give it to God. And he says he will bless us with With sleep. Anybody here worry about things and just can't sleep at night? Anybody have stuff going on in life and they just can't really get the sleep that they need? The Bible says in Proverbs that we as his followers ought to enjoy, catch this, sweet slumber. Anybody here connected ever to sweet slumber? I mean, I do sometimes. I think I can sleep through anything. And we are told right here in this piece... In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Responsibility is kind of a heavy-handed deal, and people who take their responsibility seriously tend to worry about things, and they're very conscientious. They work hard, they do get up early, they do go to bed late, they stay late, they go the extra mile, they frequently find themselves frazzled, and there's nothing wrong with that unless it robs us of our peace, unless it gives us into worry. You know, you don't even have to be a follower of Jesus to understand that there's a right way and a wrong way to do anything and everything. And the best thing that we can do for ourselves is to, to grow ourselves or stretch ourselves, and especially spiritually. I don't know how many people are connected with a small group, but that's why we have small group signups out here. September, we begin talking about grace, unmerited favor, getting what we don't deserve. I've already seen the hands go up. We're all sinners, right? And we deserve death. But thanks be to God, For the death of Jesus on the cross, that gives us hope. Jesus died for our sin. He was the perfect sacrifice. And because of that sacrifice, we will receive someday grace from God. And you know, we ought to know that. You ought not leave here today without the understanding that you're okay in the eyes of God if you have connected to him through the Son. That's where baptism comes into the connection. That's when we begin to walk in newness of life. And the Bible says that a day is going to come when the clouds are going to split, there's going to be a loud blast on the trumpet, and those who are dead, those who are sleeping, will be raised first, and then those who are still alive will be raised with them to meet Christ in the air. And you can understand here today that you can relax with all the consequences if you are connected with Christ. That's the responsibility that the Father says he knows and promises. Romans 8 says we know that God calls us some things to work together for good. Is that what the Bible says? The Bible says we know that God calls us all things, all things, 100% of things, to work together for good to those who love God and for those called according to his purpose. So I guess my question is, are you a lover of God today? I know what you're thinking. Yeah, I'm here, aren't I? That doesn't really mean much. I mean, are you really a lover of God? Does your lifestyle show that? If it does, then God welcomes you. If your lifestyle does not consistently show that, then you can't even claim the name of of Christ. Years ago, my boys got me a t-shirt. I think it was kind of a joke because it said, Father Knows Best on it. And I know they really didn't believe that because we had many a conversation, and at the end of that conversation, they walked away thinking, I didn't know best. You're not going there, you're not doing that. Well, why? Because I'm dad and dad says so. Like, seriously? Yeah, that's my rules. So I know the shirt was kind of a joke, but it it, it really had some punch to it, too, because I I think they, they, they grew to a point where they respected that phrase. Even if they didn't agree with it all the time, they respected that phrase coming from my lips. And I want you to know today that the Father, Father God, still knows best. He knows what's best for your marriage. He knows what's best for you, your workplace. He knows what's best for. On the list goes. That's the way the Father in heaven loves us. And because of that, we can claim him as partner. And I guess not just partner, but as, as Lord. You see, he needs to be the senior partner. He needs to be the pilot, not the co-pilot. We need to follow his lead. It shouldn't be the other way around. God wants to be in charge of our responsibilities, and we need to be held accountable, responsible for our responsibilities. We need to keep doing, even when God's doing his thing, and giving God responsibility, the Bible says, is the key to finding peace. And then he goes on to talk about the family in this verse and how he will bless our families if we connect to him. I mean, what a promise. Isn't that what, you're, what you want for your family is for them to be blessed by the hand of God? Getting the whole process starting is by taking God as your partner. And we have a tendency not to be very good at partnering with God. Maybe you saw this on the news. There are some people down in Panama City Beach. Have you been to the beach in Panama City? Beautiful place. There were two little boys that were out a little bit too far, and they were caught in the undertow. Did you see it on the news? Mom started going hysterical, and she went out to try to help them. She got caught. She wasn't able to help them. She was beginning to be pushed by the current also, So people, 80 people came out and they made a human chain. Arm to arm. Did you see it on the news? It was amazing. They had enough people to go out there and grab those kids and that mama and bring them back to shore. That's kind of what we do every Sunday with communion. We kind of lock arms with brothers and sisters of like precious faith. And it's our goal Our goal to have such an intimate connection to Jesus that will connect us to the Father to bring ourselves and others to a safe, safe place. You see, I have no idea. I have no idea what you're going through today. I don't know if your home is a happy place or not. I don't know if you are doing well physically or not. I don't know emotionally, mentally, if you are where you ought to be. But God knows and he wants to help you in this time Feel his presence. The juice, the bread, they represent the sacrifice that Jesus made for people like you and me. I mean, once you really start to wrap your head around that, Jesus died for you and your family. And that's the only reason, the only reason we can celebrate communion today. He offers grace and forgiveness A time to repent, a time to recommit ourselves to being responsible for how we do life. So I encourage you to make this time a very intimate time. I encourage you to lift your issues up to the Father, and I encourage you to allow Him to help you. So maybe today would be a good day to take Him as your partner from this day forward until He calls you home. Will you pray with me? Father God, this is your place. This is your time. We are your people and forgive us, Father God, for the many, many times we don't act as though you are anything like a partner. Forgive us when we fail you. Help us, Father, to allow you to be responsible or to help us be responsible for our responsibilities. And help us, Father, to do it in a way that pleases you Because we look forward to good sleep and the peace that passes understanding. Jesus, we thank you for going to the cross for us. And Father God, we thank you for your plan. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.